ask some tough, tough questions for sure. You know, and, I was in, um, have you ever heard of Jesse Itzler? No. No, you've never heard of him? You should look him up. You'd really like him, yeah. really like him. I was at a, a meeting last week um, called the Vision Source Exchange and uh, he was like the keynote speaker. And um, he, well, he, he uh, started uh, Marquee Jets and his wife started Spanx. Okay. So, um, so he has like 10 things. So he gave his keynote and he, he was like a VJ, like a, a, a VJ from MTV back in the day. Anyway, one of the things that he asked, and I'm going to ask you because I think you'll be able to have some sort of like honest assessment of it. Sure. I think most of us would either be too hard on ourselves or too generous on ourselves because we haven't reflected enough. But um, he said, would you, would you recommend yourself as blank? So you could put it in as boss, mm -hmm. middle management, yeah. husband, father, uh, friend. So I'm going to ask you, <laughs> yeah. would you recommend yourself as a father? Uh, oh, man. You know, I think um, would I recommend myself as a father? That's a really good question. You know, as a, as a father, my daughter's only six. And so... I don't know. Maybe if it's a scale, I would. <laughs> Come on. Is it a yes or a no? Yes or no. I think yes. You know, I think um, I'm, I'm trying to really be intentional about teaching my daughter foundational skills that she can use um, to make decisions. You know, I realize in my in my life where I had issues was it was in the realm of decision making and not having the tools I needed to like make a, a decision in the moment. So like values and faith and um, friends that, that have similar values and similar faith, I think are things that I've tried to instill into her. Um, so, you know, sort of not comparing myself to, to my dad, I would say, you know, I, I think I'm, I think I'm doing um, the right things and, and trying to prioritize time. Hello and welcome to the Crystal Podcast on iCode Media. Today I had a great conversation with Brandon Fleehardy, who uh, is in my F3 group, and we talked about the coming to the end of yourself. And uh, it was a great conversation. I really enjoy talking to, to Brandon, and please enjoy our conversation. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, write a review, share it with your friends, and support those who support us. We've been providing myopia control treatments in our practice for years. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, CooperVision has received FDA approval of its innovative MySight one-day contact lens. This will be the cornerstone of a comprehensive myopia management approach to be offered by CooperVision. This daily wear, single-use contact lens is the first and only FDA-approved product clinically proven to slow the progression of myopia when initially prescribed for children 8 to 12 years old and when compared to children in the control group wearing a single-vision one-day contact lens. Check out the show notes for all the specific prescribing details and to get more information about this lens and how you can begin to offer it in your practice. My values are um, faith, relationships, integrity, service, and challenges. So those are, that's, so, and I've, I've sort of written out, you know, how I use those to make decisions. And really it's the way I prioritize my time is based on my wife, my daughter, friends, mentors, and then, you know, work for me is sort of that outer ring. It's kind of the, the F3 concentrica model. But um, I've noticed that at her age, she does want quantity time. She mm -hmm. wants, uh, you know, you think of love languages and that sort of model. And 
she wants quantity time. She wants quantity time. She wants quantity toys. She wants, you know, quantity everything. More is always better. And yeah, and I think that's okay when they're that age. Like you, you, um, I, I'm noticing like she's coming home from, from school in the public school system and, and she's coming home and um, she's talking about conversations she's having with her friends and she really is exhibiting you know, love to other people. And um, that's that's really a skill we've been trying to teach her, you know, her whole life. So so long answer um, yes. of, of saying yes, I think Is there I something that you do often that you would say no to, that you wouldn't recommend yourself as? Uh, I'm not the best, uh, and sorry if anybody that works with me that would listen to this, but I'm not the best people manager. Um, I... So sometimes it's, it's easy for me to say, look, if, if you're not willing to put in the work, I'm okay letting you fail. And, and, hmm. and I don't, you know, if like, I'm happy to give advice and coaching and insight and tell you what I've learned, but, um, I'm not, I don't like micromanaging people. And, uh, when it gets to that point, I sometimes give up, you know, I sometimes say like, it's not worth it for me. And that, in sort of corporate America, um, managers are, are expected to like coach those people that, you know, and so I, I think I'm not the best people manager. I, I don't, I've learned that in the last year and a half. It's not, um, not what I'm the best at. Is there sort of a line, like, have you recognized, like, I'll do these things, X, Y, and Z, but once you get to this point, I'm pretty much done with you. Do you know where that line is for you? Yeah, I think um, I will, it sort of is, you know, there's some give and take, right? Because you've got to build trust with people um, and, and some credibility so that they might take your advice. And so I think what I've noticed is um, when, I, when I sort of start giving somebody feedback, right? Hey, I, I noticed you do this thing and it has this impact. Um, and in the future, let's try it this way. I gravitate towards the people that are willing to give give that give my suggestion a try. They're willing to say, "Oh yeah, maybe you are right. Maybe I did do that." Or you know, um, and then they give things a try, and and we can dialogue about maybe what to do better next time. Um, but the people that just sort of blatantly disregard the feedback, I think that's it's sort of like, ah, what's going on here? And so I I try to work a little bit harder, but then you know you start noticing patterns of behavior and. And, you know, kind of blah, 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 right, is how, like, because my mind just goes to this world of, like, if you can't be accountable for yourself, I, I don't know what to tell you. Because yeah. in my life and the struggles I've had, um, you know, you go to a 12-step meeting, and, and I know not everything is 12-step, is but you go to a 12-step meeting and they say, if you want what we have and you're willing to make the effort to get it. And so there's a, there is some effort involved, right? And, and if, I think it should apply to all areas of life. I mean, if you want a successful career, if you want to be able to keep your job, um, you, there are some steps you need to take. And I think too often, um, like the micromanaging of people, just it, it's like people not willing to do their part. And that kind of frustrates me a little bit. Did you always, so I, we haven't gotten to your story yet, your F3 story. Sure. Uh, but have you always had that mentality? Have you always had sort of like this work hard, um, kind of, uh, you gotta show up, you gotta, um, gotta be diligent. Is that always been the case? And where did you learn that? Yeah. I, you know, um, it's interesting kind of the connection between parenting and, and that sort of mindset. I, um, 
at an early age was incentivized to get good grades uh, by money. And um, I remember specifically a time, so I've always had a job. I started working when I was 13 at uh, Brother Sebastian's, mm. if anybody knows where Brother that's Sebastian, at. really? <laughs> yeah. You know, my first job was, uh, well, my first real job was Burger King. And yeah. then I got a job at Jack and Mary's. You know where Jack and Mary's is? Yeah, it's, it's good. gone now. Yeah. They, uh, were, they, they closed. With the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. To totally closed. But I would scrub chicken fat off of those metal plans with a with a steel uh, steel wool pad yeah and then they stick them in the stick them in the uh, that big kind of industrial um, washing machine yeah. or dishwasher yeah and they'd come out just blazing hot you know and then you're still trying to scrub and yep. uh, you know what that taught me I don't want to do this job forever <laughs> you know it taught me taught like, you, I, if yep. I want a different job yep I better well, work hard and for me you know I I um, I've always been driven a little bit by acceptance and, and trying to get other people to like me. And so I remember a time in middle school um, wanting, and this is such a ridiculous story now, but wanting like Abercrombie jeans. Mm. And I remember my dad That's said, where you went your wife, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. She was the cologne spring girl. No, uh, she did work there though. Um, anyway, that's a different story. But but I remember my dad um, taking me to go look at some jeans and I remember him just being like, I'm not paying 60, 70 bucks for a pair of jeans. And, and I was like, but dad, I really want them. And he's like, you know what, son, if you want to spend 60 bucks on a pair of jeans, you need to find yourself a job. So that's exactly what I did. And, uh, you know, I was a baller in middle school. You know, I had a, I, I had Abercrombie jeans and I moved on to like, you know, FUBU and Carl can I, and I even had a, a buddy of mine and I had these, um, were you West Side Kid? These chains, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So anyway, that, chains, yeah, uh, doesn't surprise <laughs> with me. The big dragon on it oh. <laughs> with a clock on. Yeah, it? yeah. It was uh, no, but but I think that mentality comes from sort of my you know parents instilling in me if you if you work hard you can get what you want kind of kind of deal. Um, now I will say that that road comes to an end, uh, <laughs> you know, because for me. Um, what happens there is I, I start to think I can control the world around by me. By working harder. By working harder. And ultimately, you know, as you start getting introduced to faith and to Jesus and, and to how salvation works, in my opinion, like it's, it's not necessarily because of me working harder. And, um, and that's really, I think, the last, I don't know, um, 10 or so years of my life have been spent trying to undo that sense of, of like desire to control, you know, and it's, and it comes through in the little stuff. I think, you know, so my, um, kind of quick story, um, I'm a nurse by background. I, I um, struggled through college, love to party, get high, uh, really whatever was around. Um, and and I but I still succeeded. You know, I've had I was straight A's in high school, graduated with accommodations, like always. You know, um, but I but I was so focused on being the life of the party. Went to college here in in Omaha at UNO. Had no idea what I wanted to do, um, and then ultimately ended up in nursing school at like age 25. Mm -hmm. And. Um, graduated from nursing school and and all through all throughout that time i you know i'd still been dating my wife and but still really trying to just like live these siloed versions of myself right like i'm going to be this like you know i'm going to know about science and healthcare and anatomy and as a nurse and i'm going to be a, a strong christian when i'm around my wife and her family and then i'm going to party when i'm out on the weekends and then i'm you know like just always shifting between different versions of me to meet the needs of whoever I was around and um, 
it led to a lot of dissatisfaction. I, you know, I was a nurse for a couple of years, staff nurse for a couple of years, um, got really burnt out and, um, and just kind of felt like, well, I went to school for so long and this sucks. And then I kind of migrated over into it and, um, you know, over time, I think I just was never able to, uh, really impress people enough. And so, you know, then we had our first child and, and I remember thinking like, well, my wife just remember thinking, um, well, my wife loves her way more than she loves me. Uh, and I'm sort of like fading into the background here. And I think it was at that point, I kind of started to get deeper into, you know, staying up late and, and using, you know, heavier drugs and, um, you know, staying out till three, four in the morning. And, um, was it sort of like a middle finger? Like, I, I don't need you. This is, I can be fine or yeah, it was sort of like, there's something else, you know, we've like, uh, we've got money. Uh, I'm in, I'm in school. I was getting a dual master's degree at the time. And, um, I was in school and, uh, she wasn't paying attention to what I was doing and didn't seem to really care. And, it was just, we had this newborn and it was kind of like, Hey, uh, screw it. You know, I don't know what else to do. I'm so unsatisfied. And, um, and I felt better, right? Like that's the draw is like, it's like, like I could numb the pain for a while, the pain of like not being good enough or sort of this, like I've done everything I know to do and I'm still not getting the, you know, it's so selfish, but I'm still not getting the praise, the recognition or, or the respect that I think I deserve. And, and ultimately you sort of learn, like, I don't really deserve any sort of respect or praise or any of that, but it's just this like ego driven sort of, you know, from being taught, like if I work really hard, then I'm going to get whatever I want, including people's respect and right. all of that. So, but I'm a believer. So I think, I think that's, that's good perspective because I still believe that like I've said this and maybe it's just naive, you know, West Omaha growing up to be able to say this, but I think there's probably, I think it's a fair statement to say there's probably no place else in the world that you can move so vertically in terms of income, right? Sure. Forget about socioeconomic, like social, social status. Cause I think to your point, you can't buy respect from people, but if you work hard enough, I think you can make as much money as you want. Right. I think that's that's the case, right? There's there's certain things that you might have ceilings with, but but for the most part, you can you can make enough money to buy most everything you need for sure, yeah. and most of what you want. Yeah. Um, so then there's sort of this limit, but then you can't buy if if what you want is respect, if the, you can't buy that. Yeah. And and you can't work yourself toward that. Right. I mean, you can work. You can work toward it. But it's not like I can't just work on you and be like, hey, play, got to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to show up and the, like the things that I would do to try to earn your respect wouldn't be um, necessarily like something I could just do. Like I'm going to do this and you're going to get, no, I mean, it's, it's earned, right? right? It's earned by continual things that you see me do or that I, and I know you see me do or that you see me do that you, I don't know. Right. So how did you come to the end of yourself? So I, I will I will point this out because I love um, these sort of little nuggets that I get from people. And one one nugget that I've gotten from you recently, probably over the last few months, is the idea of coming to the end of yourself. When did you start thinking about it like that? And and kind of ex- I'll let you elaborate on the the idea. Yeah, I think um, it's probably not my original term. It's probably from from Narcotics Anonymous or or a twelve step group, but. 
you know, ultimately, um, you know, the timeline for me has always been fascinating. So I started F3 in um, July, uh, July 21st or 20th of 2018. And then I, I got clean on August 12th. Um, and so there was some overlap there if you're doing the math. And uh, I think what, what happened was sort of some conviction from, I, I would say, from the Holy Spirit. Um, for, you know, I'm a believer in Jesus and I, and I had, you know, feel like I was... What I used to do is I would intentionally get in an argument with my wife so that she would kick me out of the house. And, and I would always do this on like a Wednesday or Thursday night. Oh, jeez. So I would, Did you know that you were doing this or it just sort of happened? That this is reflecting back. Okay. But it, but like I think at, at, it got to a point where it was intentional. <laughs> um, and it was You're like, a lucky man she put up with you. Oh my gosh. It's, it's like mean, through God's grace. I mean, <laughs> you, I'm sure I'm sure you think about that all the time. If you if you wanted to hear a story of of somebody being faithful and like really trusting in God, uh, she's the one that we should be interviewing cuz I don't know. I've been an interviewer. Did. I'm going to stalk her on Facebook <laughs> like uh, like you like Khaki's did. I her story, <laughs> man, I I've always said that like God took all these stupid things that I did and he created two amazing stories and like if there's ever a, a spouse or a wife that's um, struggling with a husband going through this or, or even going through it themselves I mean she is just she's just this rock and and the and what it did for her in terms of creating like this sense of boldness where she felt like if he's not gonna lead our family I need to really step up and she just took on you know, kind of like mama bear, but like she just, you know, she's stronger in her faith. She's bolder uh, uh, speaking out about her faith. She's developed some strong relationships with other Christian women. I mean, it just, it, it like accelerated all of these things that had it been left up to my plans, would it, I'd still be working on a lot of them. So it, to answer your question though, I think, um, you know, what, what happened was I, I would, I would, get in an argument so I could be I basically I wanted to go stay in a hotel on the weekend and just get just party and uh, and I was doing that and I came home one Saturday um, or Sunday morning and my daughter was three and she was talking and uh, she says dad I miss you I don't like that you had to work all weekend and I just remember thinking like just being convicted in that moment of like, this is not right. It just like it just the tension between like like the Holy Spirit and the world. I could just like feel that inside of me, and um, it wasn't probably till another you know couple times of of using and just being like just kind of having this feeling of like what am I doing? You know, you almost like can see your life from an outsider's perspective and kind of like come to this realization that your life's a mess and it's unmanageable. And, um, and so finally getting to the point where like all of my best ideas failed, like all of the things that I thought I needed to do to get what I wanted just had failed. And so I kind of went and talked to my wife and like, what, what do I, what do we need to do? Like what needs to happen to make this work? And, um, it was like, you've got to go to a, like an NA meeting like tonight, like you need to go like tonight. And then, and so I went and I, um, I just remember that group being so 
welcoming and um, I also remember not being willing to to admit that I had a problem uh, I sort of thought like you guys are crazy I got two master's degrees I'm, I'm well educated I'm successful and my only problem is my wife you know that's what I thought uh, but it turns out that just I didn't have a good uh, framework to guide those decisions and so I thought I, I thought I was doing everything to control um, but ultimately the thing I wasn't doing was was surrendering to, to God's will and realizing that like, you know what, I, I say I believe in God, um, why, why don't I trust his plan for my life? And I just said, ne- I'd never, I'd always like said what Christians say, but I never really felt or believed really in, in, in my core what Christians believe until uh, sort of that moment, mm-hmm. I guess. But Do you think there's people that root against you that know your story and are like, this asshole I can't believe he's he's. Uh, I hope there are. I, that's what keeps me motivated, man. I ho- I see people uh, that I know are still getting high, and I got to be careful because I I. No, you're walking a line. Always, I tend, right? I tend to judge a little bit, but I I um I have come to the realization that not everybody that drinks is an alcoholic, and not everybody that apparently there's this category of people, and in, in NA we call them normies, <laughs> but they're people that can use Joe dr- Rogan. They can use drugs successfully. <laughs> Uh, but, and I've never, I don't know. I don't, that's not a thing in my world. I can't, yeah. I can't, uh, and maybe you can, maybe nope. some people can. I, so I got a buddy that, um, man, I, I really, so he's, you remind me a lot of him. Um, he was my best friend growing up and, um, and, and, you know, people get you through tough times, like just, you know, tough times in the sense of, um, like maybe they're not like, uh, the times like you're describing but you know as you as you're growing up and you're kind of learning who you are you've got to have people in your life that are your peers that can kind of like you're talking about your buddies with your chains right Right. like they they got you through a period yeah and um and and so he uh you remind me a lot of him and i just hope i just hope that at some point he's ready for that sort of shift yeah uh and you just i guess you just got to be there yeah right and, I, well, and that's kind of what they you you hear about. So the end of yourself is to me is sort of the same as like you you hit rock bottom or you just you get to this place where you realize like I can't do it anymore on my own. And then you then you sort of learn like I don't have to. And then the thing that's that it, I I still don't understand how it how it works. But I, but this is why I believe in God because I need I need a really big God because I've got really big problems. Um, but somehow. All of the things I was searching for and trying to control, so the respect, the acceptance, the like love, friendship, all of those those things that money can't buy, and I couldn't figure out how to get. And I, I pursued everything. Like if you look at my uh, my my sort of professional track record, like just the continuous pursuit of more initials behind my name or certifications right i've got i've got you with degrees two master degree master's degrees i'm pmp certified i'm board certified in nursing informatics i've got a a him certification i mean if there's a credential or a certification you can get there was a point in my life where i thought that's what i need when i get that then you know then people are gonna respect Mm. me and it never happened you know it was like (laughs) well you just passed another test great good for you and i don't need that you know and and so i just remember um like always pursuing that and and ultimately the thing that earned me what i wanted is really when i share my story of like just pure 
uh, failure and and you know like darkness really. And I think um, what I found through F three is F three's kind of given me a platform to share that and really deal with uh, sort of the the internal struggle between like I I know I've gone through this thing. And I know that other people might be going through the thing, but I'm ashamed. And so I don't want to really share it because it's, it, I could be judged for it or I could, but, but what I would, what I've noticed is the more I share, the more God uses it and the more like respect and, uh, you know, all of that stuff that, that I wanted that I get. And so I think it's just, you, you continue to share the story and letting him figure out how it how it works out so like you know before this sh- this time sitting down with you i'm like ah, how much how much do i share right i mean this mm. is and, and have you not you shared know, anything on the gloom well this is an international podcast yeah here yours, is, yours is gonna get there <laughs> no i i haven't necessarily and you know but um but you know you just you just you that comes to your mind you're like well do i share what if somebody i work with listens to it what if they start doing the math and they realize like I was on their team as a coworker mm. when I when I was. Do using you not want me to share your real name? I, I at the, well, so the more I thought about it, I don't really care because mm. God's going to do what He's going to do with the story, and it's and it's really, it's a story of His love and grace and mercy, and I just get to be a part of it, you know. So like, if somebody from my work were to listen and come to me and say, "Hey, you were getting high, and I was on your team," you know what I was, and 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 man, you know how scary that I was able to hide it from you. And so maybe let's take some time and think about the other people around us that might need help. Um, you know, and I, you know, I think it's interesting because you think about coming to the end of yourself. How do you help somebody? You know, I've had other friends that are struggling with addiction, and uh, a lot of addicts don't want help. Uh, and I remember I'm laughing because. Um, Sometimes the people who offer you help, you push them away, and then you realize, like, if it wasn't for them, I, I probably wouldn't have changed. Um, but uh, so, so I think the the thing to do to help is really um, to stand up for you know and and confront your friends. You know, in F three, we call it correction or exhortation. Um, but but if you've got a, a friend or somebody that's using, I think you need to let them know that hey, that's. That's something that you know. I think your life would be better without. Um, and and then sort of let let them work through that conviction and, and whatever. I think um, I had a few friends that offered to take me to rehab, and you know my excuse was like, Did I'm, you ever have to go physically to rehab? No, you could do it all through NA. Yeah, I, and I we did a lot of counseling. Marriage counseling was huge. Um, and uh, I think what what I we learned, you know, it's like it's like accountability. So you know that was really hard. Like. I'm accountable for all of my actions and all of the things that, that happened during that. So one of the big struggles in our marriage today is like, we're still rebuilding trust. And that's unfortunately, whether I like it or not, because of all the betrayal on my end. And so like, if there's a thing that I want to go and do, um, and my wife is sort of like on the edge of like, I don't know if I trust you in that situation. I don't have the right to get mad about it because I created that sort of lack of trust on her end, you know? And so learning that, um, was, was a challenge for me. Cause I sort of wanted to be like, well, I'm healed. I'm better. Uh, and, so yeah, yeah, yeah here, here I am, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm, I'm fine. So yeah. accept it. Yeah. The other thing I, I guess that has been really cool, um, for me that, I, that I think is just, as you share, your story, you start to other guys come out of the woodwork and, and start saying me too. 
um, and they say me too. I need help. I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. Or they say me too. Here's been my journey. Me too. Uh, here's where I'm headed. And um, you know, it's crazy. I got a phone call yesterday uh, from somebody in F3, and and they just said, "Hey, I was on a I was on a business call, and this guy started talking about a, a sober living community." And I and I heard him say that, and I thought of your name, and there's some fitness elements, and you know, I want to connect you with this guy. And uh, I just I just had this moment of like, wow, like never in my wildest dreams would I have thought I got to be a part of that, something like that, to help other guys get back on their feet. Um, and you know, the the irony of all of this is my masters. My MHA thesis was developing a mobile app to help recovering addicts. And at the time, I was developing that for other people, for those people. Uh, and so it's almost just like God's sense of humor in a way. You know, most people don't think addiction's funny, but I think God does some amazing things through, through addicts or people that have suffered in that way. It's interesting you bring that up because there's somebody I was talking to recently that uses the argument, you know, one of the hardest, the hardest things for, for people who, one of the hardest um, kind of problems with God, right, it, that people will cite is the problem of evil. Mm. And, but then there's been really some interesting people who've articulated the other way, uh, where the problem of evil is actually a justification for God. Right. To your point, right? He allows you to do all this other stuff yeah. because he can do so much greater with it right well and, and i think to a certain extent um that's free will you know i i, I would say like i had never I, I, we've made it so easy in this country to be like a you know coffee cup christian or i don't know what you want to call it but it, but it's really really easy for me to go to a church participate in all the things uh, and look like a Christian on the outside, but not really have that transformation of my heart on the, on the inside. And that's, I did that forever. I mean, I, the only reason I went to church in the first place was because I, I had a buddy of mine who we had a, a sleepover in high school. People stayed the night at his house. And the deal was, if you stay at our house, you go to church on Sunday. I went to church and my wife was there and she's hot. And I kept going back to church. <laughs> and that was my deal. I was like, well, I'm going to go to church. And, and you know, you see it in your kids, right? I mean, my six-year-old is a mastermind manipulator. Mm. And so we learned that so early. And so I, f I figured I can manipulate this girl to liking me and I know how to do it. I'm going to be interested in the things she's interested in. Mm. And so like, but that didn't require me to actually adopt those beliefs. So, so then for the longest time, it was sort of like, this is what we do because I want to be with her. And so if I want to be with her, this is what I do. And then sort of over time, you kind of you know, and, and I would just, I, I looking back, um, God was pursuing me like from that time on, you know, and even, even before that, it's like this, the, the spiritual battle that we don't see. I mean, um, other parts of my, my story and, um, you know, I don't know, we'll see how many views listens you get. Maybe I will uh, write this book someday, but, yeah, you um, you know, in sixth grade, uh, I started using in sixth grade and broke into my elementary school. That was the, the winter storm of 97. I got in trouble for making counterfeit money in middle school. Uh, no, you didn't get in trouble. You got arrested. 
Well, not really. <laughs> no, not really. No, no. not really. Because uh, <laughs> it was too young. The CIA, you know, they, they told us it was terrible money and uh, yeah. some other people. Do, do a better job next time. Yeah. It was, uh, they were like, make our job harder. Yeah. Um, and then we got, uh, I did some stuff um, in high school, you know, just getting in trouble, kind of odds and ends, and then was arrested in, in college and um, spent a couple nights in jail. That was a stupid for stealing wood from a construction site. And, but ultimately, you go and, and you sit in a meeting with people who, like, they had to get the, the end of themselves, their, their bottom. What, they took it a step further. And, like, and like they completely destroyed their family they completely lost their job they they are they're coming out of like they you know they 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 just kept going down that path and so for me it was sort of like it was i got to the end of myself but i got there quicker because of all the other people around me that i got to learn from that were saying here's here's where i went like i took it even further and it led led to this road and i remember sitting in you know some of my earlier na meetings just thinking like if i don't God's not going to stop pursuing you. And so if I decide, like, I want to keep going my own way, he might, he might allow that. Hmm. He might allow me to, you know, quit my job and sort of quit my family and move out to California and keep using. And, and he may even let me have a successful job for a short run out there. Um, but I, I sort of had to make a decision that I, I wasn't interested in seeing where that led me, you know, um, because there is a real risk of, of death and injury with drug use, uh, you know. Um, so anyway, I don't know. I can't remember if that answered your your question or not. But I'm I just I'm just so grateful today. You know, I get the chance to wake up, um, and even in the moments, you know, I had a funny thing happen. Because um, because now I'm still an addict. I still think like a drug addict, right? I still try to control everything, and I still get pissed off when I can't. And, but the, the only difference is when I get pissed, I can't numb those feelings with, with drugs or alcohol. And so, so this is a funny thing to kind of full circle. So, I, so the other night, um, I'm out mowing at our, this new property we bought. And I'm a terrible property owner. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And, I, and, and so I mow and I run the mower over this huge log. gets jammed in the mower and I'm trying to get it out. It's been about an hour and a half. And I am... I've never been, I've, I'm, I'm just furious. You know, I'm ready to like start punching and kicking the mower. And my daughter comes over and she goes, dad, you look a little frustrated. Have you tried counting to 10? <laughs> and so you just, it's in that moment, you just have to realize like, I, I need to step away, set an example for my child and take all of the, the stuff that God has taught me and find a way to teach her the, the right response in these moments. And so um, it was just this like really cool thing of like, and then she's like, well, dad, I have an idea. Let's get, uh, let me get the rule book. And she goes into the garage where we have, we're storing all this stuff. And she grabs, a, um, it's the Bible in a year hmm. devotional. And so I just sort of like those little sort of messages from him of like, don't forget about the rule book. Don't hmm. forget about my word that I've given to you as this guide and and i i used to like the bible was something i always read because i thought my wife thought it was cool and would love me more but but like now i read it to have a relationship with god and and he is um just continuing to change me and i think it's 
don't know. It's, it's just amazing to be on this side of the journey and, and look back and sort of realize like all of that stuff happened for a reason and it sort of had to happen to accelerate um, like my ability to even know him and, and let him love me. Mm-hmm. You know, it sort of um, always had a mentality of like, I believe in you, God, and I'm okay with you helping me when I can't figure it out on my own, but I'm pretty sure I got it figured out. You know, that was always my mentality. And now I start my day with everything that happens is out of my control. Show me where you want me to go and you do what you do best and lead and I'll do what I'm learning how to do, which is follow. Yeah. It's, I don't know. The end of yourself starts in the gloom. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us really quickly, uh, I'll be respectful of your time (laughs) because you told me you had a time certain. So, yeah. your podcast, your F three podcast, is called, it's, and then you better spell it because you, you spelled it horribly. <laughs> it's called. It's called. I'm not a marketing uh, guy or a PR guy. It's called the Gloom. So it's it's uh, the and then G L U E dash O O M and it, and horrible. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> I we should have consulted you before. Um, you know, I just realized that that like so like this is my story, and I think it's really impactful, right? Because I'm selfish and arrogant, and I no, have it's a big impactful. Ego. But um, I, what I also realized through F3 and just hearing other guys' COTs and, and, um, and with just some of the growth in Omaha, like everybody's story is impactful and I, I, you just don't know who it's going to impact. And so to me, it was sort of like, like trying to bridge the gap between like all of these amazing men and their stories and like guys that maybe haven't heard it yet. And so I think... Um, that's really the goal with the gloom is like, how do we get guys a, a platform to sort of tell what their story's been like and, and get it out to other guys that maybe don't even know who they are. Um, it's been kind of cool to just, you know, get a text message every now and then that it's like, Hey, I listen to so-and-so's podcast and do you have their phone number? I'd love to reach out to them. Um, you know, just helping to build those relationships. I, I totally believe like God's going to put people in your life that can help you get to where he, he wants you to go. Um, and, and sometimes you don't, you haven't even met those people yet. And, and so I think it's just a, an effort to do that. It's also kind of fun, um, just to do something, you know, creative and in, in the creative space. So I think, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see how long we keep it going. We got so many guys that we need to interview that just have amazing stories. And so it's like, we've got enough interviewees. Um, but as you know, it's sort of a scheduling yeah. nightmare trying to coordinate, yeah. but, but it's all good, man. It's been fun. And, uh, Pony Express, um, has been somebody that you, you know you meet these people and and they they ask you tough questions they ask you questions like uh well does that bother you when i drink around you or or they ask you questions like hey um how are you doing like does your anniversary trigger weird feelings or like does your you know sobriety date trigger weird feelings or you know and um, i think one of the best questions somebody ever asked me and i, I reflect on this most mornings is uh, what lies are you believing today? Uh, what things about yourself or others are you believing that aren't true? Um, and I think the biggest one I believe regularly is like that still that I'm not good enough. Um, and so just, just, you know, realizing You're not good enough for, I don't, I don't even for know yourself for, for myself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. And that's the, that's kind of where, you know, pony and I have joked, um, you know, sometimes like, Okay, so like think of that thing that you're sort of like, you know, the, the if I get this, then and, and just just imagine like, okay, so now you've got all the money in the world. Now what are you going to do? And like you're still not happy at the end of any of those things. Like it just, you know, it just doesn't, um, 
doesn't fulfill you the way that that I believe God does. And I, you know, to me, like I used to say that, but not feel it or believe it. And like now I know, like I can tell you on the end of a, a long day where I have tried to control it, I know what that feels like compared to like the end of a long day that I've let God control. Um, and it's just two totally different feelings. And so, you know, just try to be self-aware of that and then, and then stop believing the lie, you know, realizing that like there is a strategy, there is a, there, you know, there's a power that's working against us as, as men that has a strategy to separate us from other people and to separate us from God. And you, and you look at, you know, the world we're living in now, it's these small offenses, these small, somebody says one word and all of a sudden we, we hate that person or we don't like that person. And the devil loves seeing that. He loves to be able to say, like, I've separated those people, I've separated these people. And, you know, I guess to me, like the testimony to my wife is like, if there's one relationship that God says should mimic the church, it's, it's your relationship with your spouse. And, uh, that's the one the devil's going after the hardest. Like he's going to, he wants anybody that's got a, a marriage centered on, on Christ. Like the devil wants to just tear that apart. And I don't know how she did it. I don't know. Like I, she would have been totally justified by, you know, like her family would have supported her. Everybody. I mean the church, you know, like she would have had full support to leave me and, and just let me do my thing. And, she just believed in, uh, you know, the sanctity of marriage and sort of believed in like, I don't know how, but I do believe God's going to work through this. And, um, it's amazing today. You know, I just celebrated a, my three year sobriety or clean date. Um, and, uh, she wrote me this card and, and it's sort of amazing to like, I can lead my family today. Yeah. You know, and she had to lead before. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and she's like happy to let me lead now because she's seen this transformation, which is what I wanted in the first place. And now I don't necessarily feel worthy, but <laughs> so it's like that. Anyway, I could go on for hours. No, I, I got, yeah. I got a, actually a really interesting follow-up question, but I'm not going to ask you yet. Cause sure. Cause uh, I'm going to hold on to it for maybe the next time we do this, but yeah. let's, uh, let's take this out. Um, in the normal uh, sure. name-a-rama, I'll let you start. Sure. Brandon Fleehardy, 35, The Plague. The Plague. Christopher Wolf, 40, Cataracts. Cataracts. Thanks, man. Thanks for doing this, yeah. man. It's great. This is fun. 